1: Know that every day before we start the show, I pray that something we say today on the air will cause you to look at your job differently, that it'll cause you to look at the way you connect what you hear on Sunday with what you do on Monday through Friday or whatever your work hours are, that you understand the connectedness between them, that you understand that your workplace, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, you, me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. The job that you hold, the work that you do, the people that you work with, none of that is by chance. Those people that you work with, they need to meet Jesus and you may be their only chance. You know, everybody wonders if their job has meaning and purpose. We all wonder if they're, if we're just there to obtain a paycheck. There has to be more. There's got to be more. There has to be an answer as to why I am here, why I am doing what I do. Today, we take a brand new look at the job that you hold and the work that you do. John Van Sloten joins us today in our workroom as we talk about his latest book, Every Job a Parable. See how your job tells a story, a parable, which in turn tells us about God. John Van Sloten, welcome to iWork for Him. You're a pulpit pastor. How did you come to the realization that peop- that the people you serve in your congregation needed to connect what they hear on Sunday with what they do in their 9 to 5? Needed to connect and find meaning in their work and to know that God really loves their work.
2: I wish I could say I had a uh, solid training in, uh, in a robust theology of vocation that I got from the seminary, which I then translated into... Uh my 20 years of uh, pastoring, but that was not the case. I think uh, I tripped into it. Um, For the last 20 years, our church has been exploring... God's revelation from a from a, from an enhanced perspective. We believe in our denomination, I think all churches do, that God speaks through the Bible and God speaks through creation. And this whole idea of God speaking through the book of creation has been uh, brewing in me for, for a long time as a preacher. And I uh, used to preach a lot of sermons on pop culture, looking for the whispers of the Spirit through contemporary music or film, uh, through the lens of Scripture, try, trying to listen for for God in pulp culture in the broader world. And um, as I did that, um, we eventually kind of moved into preaching God's truth as it's found through science um, and what he says through the nature of stars and and the nature of the universe. And then um, as I was preaching science... I started to notice the scientists themselves and that they uh, had passions and aptitudes and capacities uh, as human beings imaging the vocational nature of God that seemed familiar, that uh, pointed in an iconic uh, parable-like way to who their maker was. So that was a big aha moment for me, which then led to uh, dozens of different sermons, uh, like the ones you've mentioned. I've preached on engineers, to stylists, to scientists, to sanitation workers, and uh, everything in in between. Um, And the motivation, again, uh, was initially, um, yes, that people would find meaning, yes, that they would, uh, you know, find significance in their jobs. But... It was, the primary motivation was so that they could know God more. If human beings vocationally image a working God, then could it be that in those moments where work is good or right or meaningful or or doing something, accomplishing something in the world, that's a place where we can actually experience God, kind of like how we do at church on Sundays.
1: As you started doing that sermon series where you said you've preached dozens of sermons about dozens of different vocations, how has your congregation reacted? Because I got a feeling how I would react. I I mean, I'd be, I don't know, I'd be putting the red carpet out for you just thinking, this is amazing. I can't believe I'm part of a church like this. How does your congregation react when you start to highlight these different vocations?
2: Yeah, I get a sense that this is a bit of a passion for you, Jim. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, okay, uh, I'm not, on the air talking about it, yeah.
2: Maybe not for everybody in our congregation equally. Uh, I think the theologian in me gets totally stoked about uh, a theology of vocation and just, you know, all these unique ways that God is imaged through all of these jobs. It, it, it's just compelling for me. Um, but the congregation, um, uh, the reactions have been very, Positive. And I, haven't, I didn't preach them all back to back. I preached them over, you know, seven or eight years okay. uh, intermittently. But, you know, the, I, I, what comes to mind is the geophysicist who, after we preached, we preached, he did the introduction of the sermon, not just a primer or a geophysics 101. He did the introduction, and I preached the theology of geophysics at the end. He sent me an email afterward, and he said, uh, this has changed everything for me. I can hardly wait to go to work on Monday. I think geophysics has been made new for me. And I I've heard variations of that kind of comment from emergency room doctors and emergency uh, 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 helicopter pilots, uh, people who clean up office buildings, um, uh, the Walmart greeter at my local Walmart, uh, who has been so excited about this whole um, uh, first the sermon, which she didn't believe I was really going to ask her anything anything to do with God, and that her job mattered at all to God. Um, But then to see it become uh, the sermon that got posted on Line and the video, and now the book, and now the book is, you know, being talked about all over the place. And Shirley's story, as a Walmart greeter, imaging and a, a hospitable God who wants us to help us find what we need, um, is going everywhere. So yeah, ninety percent of those who've helped on these sermons have been uh, dramatically, um, uh, I think, honored, and uh, and their eyes have opened to a to a new way. Of uh, knowing God at work,
1: where did you get the idea to compare people's jobs to parables? well, and- let- and-
2: go ahead what you just said there tim uh, many of his parables were marketplace based parables and you know i grew up in the church and i'd heard all these parables all my life preached on sundays and they were always in my estimation uh, a a narrative means within to pack a small spiritual or moral ethical truth uh, that i was supposed to get through the story and it really occurred to me in the last few years that um, maybe the marketplace stuff is also revelatory. Maybe God really does have uh, something to say about uh, or something to say about himself through, through what's good about shrewd management practices or the the ferocity with which a pearl merchant will go to get that perfect pearl, etc., uh, etc., et the way a shepherd cares. Um, maybe, maybe they're more than just illustrations. They're actually little revelatory icons that God means for us to holding our hands and, and look at and, and look through to see His face. Often a, a job that's overlooked, right? A sanitation worker can do their job. People often don't even see them, right? Um, look down upon. Um, so Christ-like in, in that way of a look down upon vocation. But they, they are made in the image of a God who takes out the trash to make room for the new. Um, every time we clean, and, and whether in your home or at work or professionally, in your job, um, every time you do that, and that good feeling of a job well done and a clean space uh, hits you. Um, to me, that's a that's a pointer. Or that has to be in in some small way a pointer to a to a God who who cleans up the universe, who's cleaning up everything, and uh, in in order to make room for His new. Just yesterday, I saw that the Houston mayor talking about his one of his number one priorities was getting all of that trash out of their city. If they don't get all of that off the roadsides, they're going to be all kinds of health uh, problems in, in Houston. And, and that, that is true of any city. Uh, were it not for this unseen, um, not respected vocation of people cleaning up the garbage, um, again, in a godlike way so that we can have life and flourish and be healthy. Where would we be? You tell that to a cleaner. You tell that to someone cleaning up in, in the food court at the mall. And I've done that once or twice. And, and you could just see their eyes open up that there really is something sacred even there.
1: John, on page 12, right at the beginning of the book, you say this. According to the Bible, Jesus is the one through whom and for whom all things were made. The one who is now holding all things together. There's a great science conversation for you, that that God particle one. Including you and what you do. We say we believe these basic truths about who Jesus is, and yet most of the time we go about our daily work as though he is not there. We barely give him the time of the day. We pay him lip service by limiting his presence at work to issues of morality, work ethic, or witnessing. In many ways, perhaps out of ignorance or willful denial or sloth, we, we, we refuse to give him lordship over our jobs. We forget that Jesus calls his followers to give their whole lives to him, every moment of every day. Christ loves us so much, he could never be satisfied with anything less. I love that final line. Mm-hmm. Christ loves us so much, they could never be satisfied with any, anything less than everything. Why is it so critical that every Christ follower understand how God feels about our work?
2: yeah uh, yesterday I was reading uh, some old catechisms that were part of uh, our denomination's faith history, and a very old one called the Genevan Catechism, which John Calvin, believe it or not, uh, was a part of um, asks what our chief purpose in life is as human beings and and the answer is to know God and then to enjoy him forever and uh, if 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 our calling, if this all in lose your life to find it. Um, uh, eternal glory that we're being prepared for, calling if if this amazing grace and love of God is 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 made up of a knowing of that God, um, not perfectly but 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 more and 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 more deeply and more and more places um, every hour of every day. If ultimately that's what a new heaven and earth are going to be like, and this earth is a offering foretaste of that, then yeah, during the one-third of the time most of us work, then surely that must be a place where we can know Him too.
1: John, as you wrote this book and as you shared, I mean, you said you you did these sermons over seven or eight years. I, I got to believe, we got a lot of people tuning in right now that just tune in after the bottom of the half hour and they're they're in their cars or in traffic or whatever. Just share where the idea for you to come up and comparing Our job to be a parable, a story of something we can learn about God.
2: Yeah, again, um, I had been living uh, into a worldview that God speaks through the Bible, and through our knowledge of the Bible, we can see and discern God speaking through creation, through the world, um, and in relation to work through our vocational image-bearing. So everybody, through what they do, and maybe in particular what they do just right, or they do well, or uniquely do well, uh, in my theological worldview, you image God when you have great hand-eye coordination. Or you're good with colors, or you're you're great at uh, solving problems, or you're good at uh, physically building something or demolishing something, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, through these sermons, uh, I've learned that as you start to unpack those particular particular actions, there are often connections to the nature of God, an attribute of God, a God who cleans up after our lives, a God who built the universe, a God who uh, through whom everything was made, including that person. Um, that these connections that you could make and that seeing those connections for the first time that people who were helping me uh, write uh, sermons on other topics uh, who then came alongside to write sermons on their jobs that they they were like par- parables or icons icons were things in the history of the church through which we would look to see or feel or know the presence of god um i would have these quasi mystical moments where through them I would sense, well, God's a lot like that when a geophysicist is able to see unseen things the way they do their work, or an emergency doctor has a, has a passion to resuscitate and bring back to life. Well, God's like that, too. And yeah, then a whole bunch of sermons, and then a whole bunch of sermons come together uh, in a book. You've been listening to
1: I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission
0: field, but ultimately, I work for Him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at iWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive Power Pack content when you sign up for our blog at iWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at iWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at IWorkForHim and online, IWorkForHim.com.